This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And I'm delighted today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you for having me. It's a fascinating day so far. We saw world stocks edge lower after opening slightly higher. And that's because I believe markets are seeking signs of de-escalation after NATO and the US said they hadn't seen Russia pull back troops from Ukraine's borders. So it was a little bit more optimistic yesterday and this morning. And things have moved, haven't they, during today? Very much so. I mean, I mean, yesterday that was that was fascinating. You you saw definitely an overreaction. I think everyone wants to be optimistic <laughs> on those headlines that Russia said they they begun that partial troop pullback. Uh, and, and, but then I mean, quickly you saw NATO urging caution, and then this morning, uh, uh, I think what really drove the the market was uh, uh, U.S. Secretary of State Blinken his comments saying. You know, we haven't seen any movement, uh, and and you know, you quickly, I think markets realize that we're far from seeing any major de-escalation in in this situation, and and uh, I, I think right now, uh, the the big risk to to markets right now is that uh, this is going to be uh, a prolonged uncertainty, and and I think a lot of traders too are pointing that you're going to probably see that. China uh, and what they're going to do with Taiwan is is uh, probably just around the corner. So so you know geopolitical tensions are likely to remain elevated uh, for the rest of this quarter. It'll probably go into the next quarter, and and that's a difficult environment for risky assets. And uh, it it also will probably continue to put pressure on some of these supply chain issues and bottlenecks. So I think uh, in, investors are closely watching. Um, how the consumer is going to to handle that. Indeed. And uh, while stocks edge lower, we've seen oil and gold rise. Uh, We had the EIA report, inventories on the up, oil futures up as well. Why is that happening? The oil market is extremely tight right now. And uh, I think every energy analyst uh, is just simply looking at the supply side and they're looking at how demand is roaring back. We have to remember that there was an Arctic blast that had really impacted uh, large parts of the country. It also impacted uh, some production over the past couple of weeks. And and uh, you're 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 starting to see that um, you know that this oil market um, you know removed the Ukraine situation. We were going to have oil prices go to a hundred dollars, uh, and 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 now you're starting to see that uh, OPEC plus has shown no real urgency to ramp up production. This EIA crude oil inventory report showed production was steady. Uh, we've seen rig counts steadily rise, um, but we're, we're not we're not getting enough oil out. And what we're probably going to see is the supply is just not keeping up with demand. And the, the geopolitical tensions are just uh, one headline away from, you know, sending prices above $100. So energy traders, you know, no one, no one wants to be short oil right now. So, so you're, you're, you're really saying that traders are, you know, focused on what opportunities are giving you some of the, you know, the, the best signals. And remember, uh, you know, a month ago, everyone was talking about a super commodity cycle. 
And you know what? The expectations were surging treasury yields. You were going to probably see stocks were going to be in a choppy environment. Uh, you know, people were concerned about the crypto crash. People were saying gold was going to struggle in a you know surging treasury yield environment. And I think that the the the, the consensus on Wall Street was that you know commodities. Uh, a lot of commodities have very tight markets, and I think that the expectations were that oil was going to head higher a lot a lot sooner, uh, and, and you're probably going to have that slow output increase that we're getting from OPEC was going to be the primary catalyst. Uh, but but now what we're seeing is the the U.S. production really got disrupted and and I, I think that now um, you know traders know that um, you know the, the this market is going to remain tight for quite some time the Biden administration has you know held back in delivering emergency actions you know they they and they they tapped the reserves when oil prices hit eighty dollars you know now we're you know ninety you know WTI is you know just knocking on ninety five dollars again and you know the what are they going to do when it breaks 100 or what if it hits 120 you know they're they're running out of options so i think there's this expectation that you're going to have so much momentum behind that breaking of 100 that it it's it's just a uh, it's just one of the the hot trades right now so so i think investors uh you know every everyone is uh trying to take a look at what's you know what what's going to provide you with some of the best opportunities and you know oil natural gas those are those are you know two of the hot trades right now so i think the the uh, expectations are that uh this is a you know this is you know commodities are going to be the the focal point for many traders because i think uh you know equities right now this is going to be a very choppy period and uh, i think that uh, as as we go into fed tightening um, a lot of investors are some are scrambling to cash some are kind of just uh, you know reducing their exposure to tech and communication stocks and they're they're maybe they're becoming a little bit more um defensive and uh, i i think you're you're, you're going to see that a, a lot of traders are going to be more focused on you know, well, how strong is the consumer? And and I think that one of the, you know, the key data points that we got today was uh, that retail sales figure, which showed um, right now consumer is still strong. And you're probably going to see that. Um, I think there, there's, I think a lot of people that are anticipating that, you know, if 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 the consumer is still able to handle all these inflationary pressures, um, there's there's a there's still optimism that you know the, the the recovery is going to remain on sound footing. So I I think that you know, you're probably going to have a um, strong growth outlooks remain the case as long as we don't have a Fed policy mistake. And right now there is still optimism that um, the Fed won't overdo it. I think if we see the Fed tighten tighten rates seven times, that's seven 25 basis point increases um, this year, uh, well, that would be a mistake. Um, and I don't think that's the base case. I still think we're between four to five. So that that's something uh, the, the economy can handle. And that would still be supportive of, you know, fresh record highs in stocks later in the second half of the year. So it'll be a very I think volatile market, um, and I think there's still a, a strong case for optimism. But you know, obviously, uh, best of breed and focused on valuations is is kind of where where traders are going. And you mentioned the stronger than expected U.S. retail sales data. We've also had 
higher inflation readings from Canada and the UK today, which ahead of this Fed report has provided more reasons, really, hasn't it, to tighten policy than maybe 24 hours ago? Uh, very much so. When I woke up uh, and, you know, just reading the the UK inflation report, uh, you know, it's the sixth month above their target, you know, highest annual pace since 1992. Uh, I was I was in high school then. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, you're 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 seeing that, uh, you know, there's a wide consensus that you're going to have a, a, a very large uh, uh, rate increase next month. And, and, and uh, it, it's justified, you know, this is, uh, this is um, why investors are, you know, gravitating towards the British pound. Uh, there's this optimism that uh, they're tackling inflation. They're putting themselves in a position where uh, they're, they're going to be able to uh, thwart off um, inflation. They're not behind the ball like um, the Americans, and uh, I think uh, you're 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 going to see that um, um, you know markets are you know already pricing in that half point increase uh, at one of the next two meetings. So I think you're 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 going to see you know no I think uh, you know we're all about inflation right now, and uh, um, I think you're you're probably going to see that uh, you know everyone is um, expecting further. Uh, tightening, I think, deep into the the summer, and then um, I think that um, hopefully some of this uh, inflation will will really start to decelerate. And uh, uh, but um, no, I, I think you're 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 probably looking at a, I think a much weaker dollar though um, as as we uh, get um, further into the year. I want to talk to you about crypto before we let you go today. That is up today despite concerns about the ukraine situation dare i say it is crypto becoming a safe haven for a lot of traders uh if you bought it in early january in fears that uh you're going to have aggressive fed tightening uh and then and then you saw bitcoin lose half its value you would say there's no way it's a safe haven there's no way it's an inflation hedge uh, it's still the ultimate risky asset and uh you're you're probably going to see that uh you, you, you could pick a handful of days where yes it does kind of look like a safe haven but um no i i, I still think that you're you're, you're probably going to see that uh you know you know for a lot of traders they or i guess uh uh, aggressive speculators, uh, you know, Bitcoin is a long-term bet, uh, and uh, there's still this uh, wide uh, consent, wide range of uh, bets where you know people are still anticipating you're going to have fresh, fresh record highs uh, in the near future. Um, I, I think that the the bull case is still there for bitcoin i think that you you still have tremendous interest tremendous amount of retail institutional money is flowing into the space the regulatory environment has improved dramatically uh corporate america is embracing cryptos you're seeing more much more interest in projects uh that are fostering the growth of the space and bitcoin is going to be a part of that so, so I think there's a lot of optimism that it will continue to appreciate, uh, but there are still, you know, 
several catalysts that could send it, you know, sharply lower at any any at a given moment's notice. So, so I think that you're you're and you're you're also seeing there's competition now. Three years ago, Bitcoin's dominance was between sixty and eighty percent. You know, everyone was just piling into Bitcoin, and then they said, well, you know, we'll also get into Ethereum. Uh, now that's you know been cut in almost in half. So now people are saying. I want to buy Bitcoin, but I also want to buy, and I, you know, and yeah, yeah, I have some Ethereum, but I also want to, you know, buy on the next growth protocol, which that might be Polkadot, that might be Terra Luna, that might be Solana, that might might be a handful of other ones. And so what you're seeing is Bitcoin's not getting the amount, the exact amount that it would normally see. Uh, so, so I think you know the the, the path higher is going to be a lot harder because. People are spreading their their investments across a wide range of cryptos now, and and that's good for long term growth for the space. Uh, but it's it's going to make you know Bitcoin's path higher a lot more difficult. So so I think there's there's a lot of optimism that you're going to continue to see more growth. And and uh, I, I think one of the more interesting uh, themes for the week um, has been a lot of you know, comparisons about the tech bubble, you know, during the Super Bowl, you know, you know, the dot-com bubble, you know, we saw a lot of commercials for those companies during the Super Bowl, and then they went, they, you know, went under. And then this Super Bowl, we had four big crypto commercials. And, and, I, and I think that this time, it, it does seem like it's going to be a little bit different because of the use case argument for, for cryptos, and also because of the widespread interest. Um, I, I think that, uh, yes, there will be certain parts of the, the cryptoverse that will end up being worthless, um, but I think there's uh, still tremendous interest in growth, and uh, um, I, I think you're, you're, you're continuing to see billions being thrown at this space, and, um, you know, they're, they're this is where people want to be invested in. So um, I think if you look at the FTX commercial, I think that's really uh, a prime example of, you know, companies that are aggressively positioning themselves to uh, try to capitalize in this moment. And uh, I think there's still a strong upside here for um, new interest in the space. And uh, you're, you're probably going to see that uh, that will remain the case if, if, you know, Bitcoin continues to show some stability here. And right now it's been holding up pretty nicely, uh, despite all these uh, uh, tense moments with uh, the Ukraine situation. Very interesting. And thanks very much for joining us today. And we'll speak to you again soon. Looking forward to it. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.